Hi, thank you for tuning in to State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 57. My guest this week is Nelson Gonzalez. And Nelson is an actor, a songwriter, a singer, a musician, and associate at the Imperial Court of New York. He studied at the New York Restaurant School for Culinary Arts, and he's an LGBTQ community activist. Very talented man. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Many, many talents. <laughs> thank you for the honor of having me here. Oh, thank you, for, thank you for joining me. It's an honor to have you here. <laughs> so how did you become interested in the arts? Ah, uh, God, since I was a little kid, I used to love, you know, at the age of four or five years old, I would be singing around the house and, you know, growing up in a Latino household, uh, we're all full of music, you know, there's music everywhere. So, uh, you know, at a very young age, I was always singing and mimicking artists, uh, whether it was a female artist or a male artist, got involved with that. Uh, I was, I left New York when I was about five years old. I was born in, in Brooklyn and I was raised in Puerto Rico. So when I used to, before that, when I used to travel to Puerto Rico, I will, you know, sort of entertain the kids and the neighborhood, you know, and the projects in Puerto Rico where my grandmother was and all that. And, and it was a lot of fun. And growing up there, I used to do the same thing. I used to sometimes charge 50 cents or a dollar where when I, when I lived in the area and have the guys come over to the backyard and I'll put up a whole show. So that's how I got involved with the arts. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, usually that's how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you play instruments, you write songs. I'm actually, uh, I've during the uh, COVID lockdown, I started learning piano. So I'm pretty good at it now. I'm getting better and better and better. Uh, learned guitar. I took a class online with uh, Ryan Tedder and I started learning how to do music production. So I started working on doing that since probably in the eighties or so I had a keyboard. So I used to play a little bit on the, on the keyboard but I stopped doing that for a while. And um, back then I was writing lyrics. So I have a whole bunch of lyrics I'm now putting music to from the eighties and then up to now. How exciting. That's and uh, lately I wrote a couple of songs uh, and I put some music to it. Both of them are in SoundCloud. Uh, one of them I actually did for the Latin Explosion last year when we did the virtual Latin Explosion. That was my first song that I wrote <laughs> with music uh, to put together. So, you know, I'm getting better as time goes by. And I'm planning on, I want, my ultimate goal is to actually have a CD of my own music, but also do a standard uh, CD, like standards, uh, boleros, and then do them in, in the both versions in English and then Spanish versions, because there's a lot of uh, uh, songs that were done bolero style that were done back in the 50s and 60s that were originally written in Spanish, and then they were translated to English and became big hits like this, It's Impossible, uh, yesterday when I heard the rain, what a difference that they make. So all those songs were originally written in Spanish and then they became hits to American standards. So I want to do that as well. 
And you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I recently saw you in the play Dragica. Mm -hmm. And what a powerful stage presence you have. And well, thank you. I appreciate that. That makes my day. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done I haven't done theater since high school. So I see wow. something that to hear that uh, in, from you and other people is like uh, a shock because I haven't, like I say, I haven't done theater since high school. So to see that presence on stage and I really got involved with the character itself, uh, the character of Papa and the character of, of course, uh, the first half of the show with Tangi, which uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, Papa's, Papa was like, uh, like I felt the, the paternal side coming out and that's well that was reflected on the song itself so that's incredible so it's just a natural talent <laughs> i guess so <laughs> <laughs> you know when i was in high school i did the west side story and uh the funny thing was that living in puerto rico we all grew up watching west side story on tv constant like almost every other week was playing in one of the tv stations so when we put this show together the kids some of the kids in high school didn't know how to do the dance at the gym and, and the dance of america so i say okay i'll help you guys i'll sing it so many times i'll choreograph it so i put it together for them i played the part of bernardo which i loved and then one of the cute things that we did for high school was at that time a lot of uh, secrets for gory films where like you use a little bit of Cairo syrup with some uh, water you know, red dye and then you made then I made fake, fake blood so That's I put little fake blood in these little pocket things and put them underneath uh, each one of the guys who were fighting that was supposed to be get stabbed like Biff and uh, Riff and uh, Bernardo and uh, so went like this and the blood was coming out so it was a lot of fun to put together. <laughs> how extraordinary and how clever. That was a great idea. <laughs> yeah, made a little more real. <laughs> how do you juggle all your art forms? You're a dancer also and <laughs> you're in the Imperial Court. Well, I just, uh, and I cook. <laughs> and you, I'm a, yes. I'm a chef, so it's, all, it's a lot happening. Um, I really enjoyed what I'm doing. So when I have the opportunity of performing with Imperial Court of New York, uh, which I've been with them for several years now, it's just like, I enjoy it. So, you know, I can come home at 11 o'clock at night and go to bed and be up at four o'clock in the morning the next day. If it's, you know, usually it's on a Friday or Saturday that we're doing those events. So I don't have to worry about it because I only work Monday to Friday. But if it falls on a Sunday, it's like, okay, I'm going to bed, get up and go to work you know, and, and feed people. <laughs> and when I come home from work, you know, I usually get home around 4.35 o'clock. I have about an hour and a half or so to just play with the piano for a little bit, half an hour with the piano, half an hour with the guitar, and then just do some lyrics that, all of a sudden some lyrics just pop into my head and I just go on the computer and I start writing them before I forget it. <laughs> so that's how I put some of the songs together. That's usually when it happens at night, yeah. when the mind yeah. becomes very creative. Mm -hmm. It's so true. <laughs> Anything on the horizon, any plays or productions? Um, at this point, we are I'm waiting for Terry to let me know what's going to happen. I'm sure I'll probably be part of the uh, street theater 
or should he does in the summertime uh, uh, that's up in the air right now i'm just working a couple of more songs uh we have an event coming our empress uh sugar be real and our emperor tree has an event coming on february 12th at uh friends and queens and it's called queens of hearts uh and i'm gonna be performing for that with her and uh, our Emperor Tree has an event at Stonewall on the 30th of uh, January, and that is called Vice Versa, which uh, the male line does a female song, and then the female line does a male song. So it's, you know, switch around their, their characters. So that's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope to be doing that as well. And just writing a couple of more songs. And I'm thinking about restarting my online magazine, Sofrito Magazine, again. And hopefully have it out the summer, if not the fall of this year. That's wonderful. Tell me more about Sofrito Magazine. Well, it's an online magazine that I started while I was out of work uh, back uh, uh, 2014, 15. And I had it for like three to four years online. It's an interactive magazine that talks about the Latino food, all types of Latino food, and Cuban, Puerto Rican, Dominican, South America. And what I did is I started putting this together because I've been in the restaurant business for over 30 plus years. And I, you know, I've been from the front of the house as, in, as well as in the back of the house uh, through every single part. So from manager, from waiter to manager, from uh, first line, of, you know, the salad person, all the way up to first line cook, to pastry chef, to sous chef. So I've done everything. And, you know, I get bored in the back of the house. I say, okay, I want to work in the front of the house. So, so I get to do that for, for a while, you know, have that experience. I manage a couple, I manage a gay restaurant in New York City for three years, was called Regents on 53rd Street was a piano bar slash restaurant. So I did that for three years and I had a great experience doing that. So I decided that there was no magazine out there that really focuses on Latino cuisine and the whole entire perspective of it. There are ones that will say, okay, we're doing this Mex mostly Mexican uh, magazines and uh, Mexican food and stuff like that, or Californian or Tex-Mex or stuff like that. And I say, let me just go into more detailed version of what you know, Latino cuisine is. I also had videos embedded into the into the magazine. So when people open and bought the digital version, they will go in there and click on the video and see the whole thing happening. Uh, I will have videos of some of the chefs that I have interviewed. Uh, a couple of chefs from Puerto Rico that I interviewed, and there's a couple of chefs from New York and also from Philadelphia. So, and I I interviewed the girl that won uh, Master Chef, the first Latina to win to win Master Chef, Claudia Sandoval. That was a very nice interview. So it was it's still out there, so people can still get it. But I, it's and I'm working on the website to update the website as well. That is great. That's so exciting. And there's such a variety to Latino cooking. Yes, there is. And there's, there's some words and some things that people don't know where they're coming from. Like I had a section called Queso, which means, and I put in parentheses, what is this? 
and I will talk about uh, sofrito, what was sofrito and how sofrito came about and what were the ingredients. And then I will show a version of how to make the sofrito with a recipe, barbecue. Everybody thinks barbecue comes from Texas. It's not, barbecue is actually the, uh, the, the style of cooking uh, and, and a spit roast kind of thing. That's what our ancestors did in Puerto Rico and in the islands. And then that, the, that was a Taino word actually, barbacoa. And that was that kind of generated different versions until it became a barbecue sauce and barbecues and all that. So it was interesting to put those things together and kind of educate the people and at the same time give them new ideas and new recipes with a little twist. How extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> and especially during the lockdown, I'm sure it helped a lot of people cook. Yeah, which... yeah. Which is a very popular hobby among everyone <laughs> during that time. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure it'll start picking up again, you know. Stopped it for a little bit because I was so overwhelmed with other things. And I was like, okay, let me just stop for a minute. I didn't have enough help because at that time, a lot of people were helping me contributing editors. And, you know, building a business is not easy. So it takes a while to really build it and start making profit. So these people kind of helped me through this period, but they were not getting paid. They were doing it out of the goodness of their heart and out of just, you know, helping me develop my magazine. Sure. Oh, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> and you've been in the Imperial Court for how long? I was, uh, I would say about seven years, five, seven years. So, yeah, you watched, five, seven years. so you've seen it grow as an organization. Yes, I have. Yeah. I was in the court for a while back in 2005, 2005, 2007. And I left and then I came back and I rejoined again in 2014, 15, you know, so... It's a lot of fun. I mean, I've been to one of their events or maybe two of their events. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I think we met at the Christmas in July. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was a fun event. But we do Latin Explosion every year. Unfortunately, this year we have to cancel it. We were oh. going to do it at, um, at the bar that we always do it. It's just because of COVID and everything that's happening and too many things happening at once we decided let's just cancel it and reschedule it so we'll probably do it uh when we come back uh probably in the summertime or so probably in the fall we're working on new dates from that and they have the ball every year where everybody gets dressed up yes that's the night of a thousand gowns which is happening in april and that's going to be a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's at a smaller venue this year. It's going to be at the uh, Edison Ballroom. I don't have the dates in my head right now, but uh, it's happening in April. If they need any more information, it's at icny.org. Or they can follow us at the uh, ICN Imperial Court of New York on Facebook. And that's where most of the... Uh, events will be scheduled and they we always have uh, events scheduled through facebook so people can see when it's happening so we send the, the invites out that's great very exciting <laughs> and terry lee king is working on new plays i'm guessing in the future i'm sure he is uh you know sometimes uh the 
genius minds don't tell you anything until they <laughs> put everything together. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I suggested to Terry was that it would be fabulous if we can actually do like a movie version of Dragita. Like, yes. the, you know, the movie musical kind of thing. It could be an independent film. It doesn't have to be something that is a Hollywood style, but we can do an independent version of it. So let's see. Hopefully he'll get that, that suggestion. That <laughs> we that can do something about it. Yeah. That would make a great indie film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would definitely watch it. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun show to do. I really enjoyed it. It's actually whet my appetite for more, more stage productions. I really want to do some more of that. That's great. And there's yeah. plenty of them, too. You know, and I've been singing with the New York City Gamers Chorus for uh, actually in this month, I will be celebrating 19 years with them. Oh, that's yeah, great. So I I was I started as a second tenor because it's a four part uh, male ensemble. So I uh, I started as a second tenor and I became a first tenor about 12, 14 years ago. So and is it a very big chorus? How many people? Are yes, there? it's uh it's one of the largest uh, New York City uh, choruses. It started in the nineteen eighties. So it's part of the gala, uh, the gay and lesbian organization of choruses. They are one of the founding members of it. And we have uh, about 225 members. Yeah. And, and it's put, growing. That's great. You put on shows and things like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we were the first chorus to ever uh, perform at Carnegie Hall. Wow. Uh, gay, gay chorus of whoever performed at Carnegie Hall. We were the first gay men's chorus to ever had their music uh, published through Schwimmer libraries. And, you know, we fought for all those rights to do that kind of thing. Uh, when I joined the chorus, we were still performing at Carnegie Hall. So I was blessed to be able to perform in Carnegie Hall many times, many times. And um, I had a couple of solos during uh, my destiny to Carnegie Hall. We have performed in Lincoln Center. We have performed all over New York City. So right now when we perform, it's usually NYU's Kerbal Hall. And we have three concerts. We have the holiday concert. We have the uh, spring concert. And then in June, we have the Pride concert. And the Pride concert is more based on uh, a lot of uh, loosely political situations or things that that have to do with current things that you know we we talk about and put music to those things and we do in the springtime we do what we call it the big gay scene and the big gay scene is is like this immense karaoke you know where people come in and watch the the titles of this thing and the top and they sing along with us in some of the songs and we do you know from madonna to britney to uh tina turner <laughs> so it's a lot of fun wow that sounds like a lot of fun i would love to come and watch well definitely once uh once we're back in full swing i will let you know when our next concert is Yay. we're actually going back to rehearsals uh in two weeks we go back to rehearsals Oh, wonderful! And I'm, I also sit, I also sit on the board of the of the New York City Gaming Scores now. I'm uh, the vice chair for the uh, BAPA board. Great, that's great. Which I is mean... the Big Apple Performing Arts. 
Wonderful. And what advice would you give to other artists out there that are just starting out? Just uh, don't give up hope. Perseverance is very important. Just, uh, you know, there's, you always have your ups and downs and, you know, things that present themselves that kind of veer you away from what you really want to do. Just keep working on it. Uh, you know, you will just get to that point. But it's a lot of work. But in the end, the fruit of it all is and uh, just the applause and just being on stage and it's exhilarating. And that, you know, just go for your dreams. Don't ever give up because if you give up, you know, you'll be like, oh, why didn't I do this? You know, why didn't I do that? I mean, when I was younger, I used to, I always dreamt that I wanted to be in a chorus line or something like that on Broadway. And those dreams were, they're, I won't say they're gone because you never know what happens now. Once I, once I got back to the stage, you know, maybe I'm, I am opening doors. And so I'm not going to give up on those dreams. You know, it doesn't matter what age, you know, it's, you're never too old to do one, to, to have your dreams come true. So true. Yeah, never. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and you hear inspirational stories of some people who mm -hmm. made it later on. Yeah, I mean, you hear people going and graduating from uh, from a university at the age of eighty something. So, why can't it be done for an artist? You know, exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. It's so important to embrace that attitude and stick with it. <laughs> yes, very important. Is there anything you'd like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Just. Uh, Keep in touch uh, with uh, with Facebook page. I have a Facebook page for uh, my artist name Mingo Dia, Mingo Diaz, and I'll you know I'll, I'll send you the link uh, later on so you can post it with this. I also have my regular uh, Facebook page on the Nelson Gonzalez, which is a public page. I have nothing to hide, <laughs> so I don't I don't mind people seeing what I'm doing. Follow the Imperial Court of New York, uh, uh, icny.org, or the Facebook page. Also, uh, follow nycgmc.org, which is our, in the New York City Gaming Scores. And uh, they can also see my Sofrito Magazine page there. <laughs> so all of that is combined in there. I'm also uh, a member of the Metropolitan Community Church of New York, which is now celebrating their 50th anniversary, which started this month um actually yesterday so we have a celebration on the church on sunday which will be it will have a broadcast on facebook as well and uh, mccny.org <laughs> and mccny.org that's the metropolitan community church of new york which i also sit on the board so I'm a busy man. Yes, you are. You're a renaissance man. <laughs> I'm, I'm all over the place. That's great. Very admirable. I, thank you. And I'm actually, actually, I'm writing a couple of songs that I uh, got inspired uh, lately because I've found my birth mother after so many years wow. and my birth sister. So uh, that kind of opened a flood of emotions you know and so those are being put into um, into uh into songs 
How amazing. Yes. That's just beautiful. And what beautiful songs it must produce. Yes, uh, there is uh, actually one of the songs I'm writing. The title is Don't Give Up, which oh, is uh, based on, uh, on that and the power of love and the power of that. If you persevere, and God always makes things happen. Yes, you know, you absolutely. Know, so never give up. Don't give up. <laughs> yes, never give up. Yeah. You all heard it. Very wise advice. <laughs> wise and talented yes, it is. guest. <laughs> well, it took me 30 some more years to find my mom. So, oh, wow. Yeah, Congratulations. Yes. That's so beautiful. Thank you. And I it's such a pleasure to see yes. you and talk to you. And we here. need to we need to get together and dance. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will do it. We, we will. will. Definitely. Definitely. And I hope that you make it to the uh, uh to the uh event in January 12th. I mean uh, February 12th. Uh, yes, Billy Lowell was Court. telling me about it. I hope I can make it to it sounds That's gonna wonderful. Be a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds great. I, I, thank you so much for you're, joining me. It's you're been such very, very pleasure. welcome. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this wonderful episode of State of the Arts. Stay true to your dreams, be positive, stay safe, and good night, everyone. Take good care. night. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.